Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode 15. Today, we're talking about closure. We'll also share highs and lows from our school week, a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations for our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So now we'd like to share some high notes and low notes from our classroom from the last week. And Tanya's going to go first. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, So I guess mine is a low note. Um... Oh, anyway, this I'm having a recorder slash choir concert next week. Yay. Yay. Um, and the low note part of it is that I kind of just put this together in just the last couple of weeks. And let me explain why. Because require, which is an extracurricular thing, um, they were supposed to be at this in the springtime doing a all- area vocal festival oh, right yeah. so the five elementary schools in our articulation area and then the middle schools there's two middle schools and then the high school all get together and um, the elementary sing some joint songs together and the middle school and the high school there's an opener and a closer that everybody sings and uh-huh. it's this community thing and it's been great it's been going on for years and years and it goes all over the district different area the areas many of the areas do these vocal festivals they call them well um, this year, it was canceled. Oh. Like, I heard about this in January that it was oh. canceled. Uh, so, that kind of put me in a bind, because I don't usually have choir the full year. Uh-huh. We usually um, stop in January. But I had kept it going, because the vocal festival this year was going to be um, in the beginning of the year. So, anyway... So there I was with choir going on and not this performance that I thought was going Whoops. to happen. Um, and I didn't cancel it, but and it doesn't matter, you know, whatever. So it had to be canceled. Uh, well, so then I was kind of scrambling for, well, we need a performance. And it wasn't a situation where I could take them on a tour. It was too late to plan something like that, like um, at retirement homes. or Right. So I just kind of was searching around for what can I do? do with the choir kids and they don't have enough material to have their own concert all by themselves and so my solution was oh the third graders who have been playing recorders they've grown a lot um let's do a recorder slash choir concert and it's gonna be fine but I'm, I'm kind of in that very stressful period right before where I'm going boy this could go okay or it could really be Aww. Just, um, I, I don't know how to say this. I, the words are not right. That I can't say those <laughs> words. Um, but, you know, it, it could be not good. Got it. So I'm it's sure probably going to be fine. I've done that exact thing before. I've done a combination of choir and recorder. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, sometimes you just don't have enough literature with your choir. Right. And honestly, I waited concert. way too long to plan this because it yeah. was one of those things where it was like, oh, I can't figure out what to do. I think I'm just going to put it off. Yeah. And then it was getting towards like, wow, school's going to be done soon, Tom. Yeah. You should do something. You should you do know? something with the choir. Right. Well, that's good they get to perform. The, it, yes, it's good that they get to perform. Um, the recorder part, I love teaching recorders, and they're going to be fine. There's yeah. some third graders who are kind of going to be a little bit lost in the woods. It's okay. But yeah. now I'm trying to figure out some logistics. I'm going to be practicing with the, the choir and the recorders, what I'm going to have the recorder kids do is pass the recorders in immediately after they play. Yeah. So they're going to play, you know, their four songs. And then I'm going to have them all pass, as they're standing on the risers, pass the recorders forward. And I'm going to collect them in a tub for each grade level or for each class. Yeah. You know, classroom teacher. Uh, because I was just trying to figure out how to make this happen. How can I have the choir come up on the risers, the third graders stay there and just move a little bit, you know, and make room for the choir. And all the third graders are holding recorders. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to go, ah, you know, in right. the middle of the choir well, singing. Sure. 
So that's my thing that I'm trying to work out now is like yeah. how to get all the kids to pass in their recorders. Yeah. So anyway, I'm just kind of on edge figuring out the logistics of all that. It'll come together. Yeah. So it's not it's not an it official low note. No, it's more like just the like nagging stress. Yes, I think note. here's the low yeah. note. I shouldn't have waited. <laughs> and learn am, from us. Yes, friends. I am not a fan <laughs> of concerts like past the first week in May. It's right. just like right. you're just asking for it. Yeah, totally. So um, I had a um, teacher work day basically. It was a testing day on Friday. And on Thursday, where the kids come in on their own, they make an appointment, they come in, they do a reading test. And so this is just an individual thing. And so um, I do have some duties that I have to be on call and help out with that. But I have some time to myself that yeah. I can plan, which is awesome. Right. So I've planned out all of next year. Nice. Yeah, on Friday. And so that's the high point is that I'm trying to learn from my mistake that um, and I planned no concerts in May. Yeah. In fact, after April 23rd, I'm done. Yeah. It's no more concerts. It's very smart. I try um, to do the same thing if I can. Yeah, because, boy, it's tough. It May. is. So, anyway, that's, you know, my mixed bag of stuff. But you have some fantastic high notes. Yeah. We had an event that went really well um, this last week. So... May 4th at my school was not a Star Wars day whatsoever. <laughs> we actually celebrated Cinco de Mayo on May 4th. Um, and it was it all started with um, the art teacher and I were dreaming one day in her room. Um, I think we were having a planning day as well. And I went in there and asked her a question. And she said, hey, I have these little wooden maracas that I ordered, these plain wooden maracas. And I was thinking, you know, do you want to kind of plan something together? I can have the kids decorate them with marker or paint or whatever. And then I said, well, yeah, I tend to kind of do, um, with first graders in the spring, we always seem to do La Raspa, the little folk dance La Raspa. And there's like this little lesson about AB form that I remember I learned from the old Share the Music series, but it's just a great little lesson on form. And I thought, well, that would be perfect. They can use their maracas to dance or play along with La Raspa. And then we started talking more about, well, wouldn't it be cute if we did some sort of performance outside because we have this little courtyard area and we thought what if we transform this courtyard area into like you know the town square of like some little town in Mexico and hung up those colorful flags and and then we started <laughs> just like really snowballed um, we also have our parent liaison was amazing was is retiring this year and she's been our school for I think they said 20 years and she really loves big family festivals things like this so we thought well what if we also turn this into a retirement party for this lady. Mm -hmm. So it really turned into this whole school event, all inspired by the tiny maracas. This Yay. is what happens when you get the art teacher and I together is we, we end up planning these big things. And we have a, a community planning, family community planning committee, and they do like all the like parent events at the school. So they kind of took it on. And even though I'm not on that committee, I was kind of a side part of it. But anyways, my piece of the puzzle was um, in the afternoon, we did these rotations outside. So um, there was a chips and salsa station, and then there was a cakewalk, and then they got to go do dancing with me. And so I taught all the students ahead of time a couple of different Mexican folk dances. So we did La Raspa, mm -hmm. and then we did um, Los Machetes, which Yay. is a really fun Mexican folk dance that you do traditionally would have been done with machetes, but right. obviously we don't go there, so we do it with rhythm sticks. Um, and it was just really, really a fun day. The weather was beautiful. The kids Yay. had a blast. We had a ton of parents come, which was great. And then we also mixed in some celebrations for our parent liaison. Awesome. And we uh, we constructed this amazing it looks like a taco truck. It was like this big stand that we, we use like a, you know, a table is like the base. And then all around it, with PVC pipe, we constructed the shape for of the, the taco truck for the chips and salsa. And we called it the Fiesta Station. And um, it, there's canvas on the outside of it. And so it was like this big taco truck looking thing. It's so, booth. it would be so cool if you could make it a fundraiser. I know. And, uh yeah. No, it wasn't at all a fundraiser, but that's okay. But we're um, going to save the Fiesta Station, and we'll right. use it. In that fact, is a great thing. You we, could bring it out for every concert. Oh, well, yeah. 
And like for social events. So then we were, we, a group of us went out, a large group of us went out for a little uh, FAC. Ooh. Then afterwards to again celebrate. Oh, you know what? No one says FAC except oh. for Colorado. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Friday Afternoon Club. Really? Yes. That's a Colorado thing? Yes, it is. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so happy hour. <laughs> It's like the teacher, what we call happy hour. So, um, you know, again, to celebrate this gal's retirement and also just to celebrate that we had a really great day. Yay. And um, at this at this party, at this little happy hour, we, we decided, I decided, I'm, I'm going to have a little end of the year party at my house. And then we decided we would bring the Fiesta station to my house. What? And you should, like, rent it out. I that know, could, that's what we said. I'm trying to think of ways you can oh get gosh. raise money with this Fiesta yeah. truck. It was it was hilarious. So it was just a really fun day, and I, I was just one piece of the puzzle. We had a really great team, and I was just happy to be a part and of it. And the community part is The great. community part was amazing. So let me ask you about this committee that you said is, like, parents that plan things. No, I'm sorry. I, was being, I wasn't clear. We It's teachers who plan oh. events for parents parents and students so like family nights you know like they will have like a community yeah events are there parents on this committee too you know no i we have some some baggage (laughs) at my school as far as we we do have a a pta pto but for some reason there's kind of a division okay so things get planned on their end things get planned on our end but we need to work on bridging those things together I but understand. we do have some really really involved parents who will come and help if we ask do they like what about the cakewalk do oh yeah so we got um actually there's a church nearby who donated all the cupcakes and ran the cakewalk for us wow yeah 500 cupcakes they brought Oh, my. Yeah, and they ran the cakewalk. And, again, this this parent liaison, who was the one retiring, she is the one that has all these connections uh-huh. to these community members. Ooh, you need to find another one of her. Well, we do. We actually hired one who I hear is really, really good. So, okay. fingers crossed, she'll be just as good as the one who's leaving. But, yeah, we do have a lot of community um, members and parents who come in and volunteer because she brings them in. Nice. So we had a lot of parents who helped decorate and serve the food and just help with the whole event, clean up afterwards. It was amazing. That's it great. Was really, really fun. That's so cool. Yeah. And in such a short, like, turnaround time. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, we probably started planning it, I don't know, a month or two ago. Yeah. And it just turned into this whole big thing. This could be like a new tradition. Well, that's what everybody said. We have to do this every year now. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> great. And now it's time for our main theme, and today that is closure. We thought with the end of the year coming, end of the school year that is, that we would talk about closure in our lessons, but also closure at the end of the year. And Carrie, you and I have have been upfront about this, that um, this is not exactly my strong point. Yeah, me neither. In fact, in, I'll I'll be honest with you, in observations, um, all of those categories within you know a lesson that the administrator is looking for of all of those things uh, my usual weakest link would be about the closure of the lesson because I'm trying to and I I don't I'm not trying to justify I'm just saying that I'm getting all this I want to get all the things done and I want us to experience this and oftentimes it is at the expense of I don't take those minutes at the very end of class to wrap it all up and put a nice little bow on it right. like administrators want to see. Well, and I don't know. I think the way that I was taught, you know, is always plan way more than you think you might need because you never want to run out of things in a lesson and be stuck in that, especially when you're new to teaching and you don't have a lot of ideas in your back pocket. You don't want to get to the end of your lesson and realize, oh gosh, there's still seven minutes left and I yeah. got through everything. So I always have overplanned. I always yeah. have extra things. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like, oh, well, you know, we've got this activity, we've got this game, I can stretch this out right. and then, oh, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I cannot remember the last time I was like, oh, well, we still have time and we're yeah. all done. I have not had that happen in right. many, many, many years. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, so maybe we'll kind of treat this like a brain brainstorming session well, this is for why each this other. Is, yeah, <laughs> this is good for us. And I'm not saying I've never done a good closure. Right, I definitely right. have. And as far as 
talking about what administrators want to see. I understand why they want to see that. Mm-hmm. And there have been plenty of times where I have done a good closure and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is great because the the students understand now the point of, of all of this. I mean, they understand it. I try to make it clear as we are going through whatever whatever it is that we're learning, I'm always bringing us back to you know, that concept, but I, I, I have had those moments where I go, oh, okay, well, this is what it feels like to have closure. Right. There we go. But, um, and don't you think too, as Kodai inspired teachers, because it's, you know, we've talked about this before with like learning targets in the same way. We're not just teaching one specific concept for our entire lesson. We're practicing one concept while we're preparing another one, and then mm-hmm. we're sprinkling in some other things throughout the lesson. So it's not like today we're going to do this one thing. Here we are doing this one thing. And at the end of the lesson, let's review this one thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that also puts us, especially those of us who do teach in the, the Kodai philosophy, that kind of puts us at a slight disadvantage when it comes to some of these these things, like you said, that administration want to see. Right. Because it's a little different. Well, and it's we not just the Kodai philosophy, but... You know, if you're doing Delcros or or if if, if well, that's right. the anything that includes like in, a spiral, right? It's sequence. we're always spiraling yeah. back. But the way that I use the success criteria and the learning target is that whatever it is that we are practicing, right? That is what I bring out in my learning target yeah. and in my success criteria. Right. And then the other things that are just kind of um uh I'm sorry, I don't know how to say it, but, and we're going to pass by. It's like on the road to Tikka Tikka. Right. We're also revisiting um, the pentatonic scale. Yeah. We're also yeah. revisiting. So, but my focus as far as the learning target is Tikka Tikka because we were just presented this last lesson. Right. And so that's what it's all going to be about is Tikka Tikka. Yeah. But I do, I, I do understand the need to focus kids. And then at the end, making sure, okay, what was most of this all about was uh-huh. us practicing Tikka Tikka. But you're right, in the spiral curriculum, when we're always coming back to all these other concepts, it can get a, you can get a little confused. And I know that I was tied up in knots for, gosh, two years after I was required to do this where I was going back and forth on exactly how I should be writing these learning targets and the success, success criteria. And then the closure is something that uh, I'm still, I'm still kind of struggling with, but uh, so tell me some things. There are lots of things that you can do for closure that uh, I I know other teachers do. I have used exit tickets Uh before. It's a lot of work. It is. It doesn't feel like an exit ticket when it takes up um, even a fourth of your class time. Exactly. But there are easier ways that you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I try to do, yeah, some sort of an an exit ticket that they can show me with their body or demonstrate with their body. So, like, as we're lining up, um, let's say first grade, we're working on Ta and Titi. Mm -hmm. So, as they're lining up, I'll say, oh, I have a mystery pattern for you. I'm going to clap it. Can you say it back exactly. to me with the language? Yeah. So just something like that. And it's a whole group thing, not necessarily individual students. If I have time to go down the line and do individual students, great. But even if I just do it whole group, you can see which kids are getting it, which right. kids aren't. And as far as rhythm goes, and I mean, melodically, you could do this as well. But I have done several things like that. And it's fun when you are able to do it one-on-one granted that you have a way for the rest of the kids not to get antsy. Right. right? But I have gone through the line, like, I'll do the question, you do an answer. So, yeah. ti-ti-ta, tikka-tikka-ta, and they have to answer. you got to end on ta. Right? Yeah. And you can do that melodically, too. Absolutely, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sing a pattern on Lou, maybe with my hand signs, maybe not, depending on where they are in the practice stage, and mm-hmm. you have to sing it back right. with the language. Another really awesome one that I stole um, from one of our former Rocky presidents, and I want to say it was Mallory's, but it might have been Jenny's, where you hold up four fingers, and um, let's say it's Tikka Tikka is your new concept, and you go, okay, I've got beats one, two, three, and four. Here are my four fingers. Where's the Tikka Tikka? Da 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 da, and they oh. have to point. And Tanya is touching her fingers yes. while she's saying that. I could way. do a little video, like <laughs> you couldn't imagine, but still, yeah, right. So you can do that, and and 
with the little kids, they just like touch my finger. Yeah. With other kids, I'll say beats one, two, three, or four. Yeah. And you could even do that holding up a beat strip. Sure. You know, where's the ticket ticket? Yeah. Where's the ray? But something quick where you're just using your fingers, you don't have to remember to go exactly. Grab your you don't have to strip. grab anything. You're ready. To and go. I've done those little things while we're standing in the hallway because I don't know if anyone has this experience where you have the kids ready to go. They're standing in the hallway. And the teacher, for whatever reason, is a little bit late. Yes. Like, oh, I'm here, but now I have to run to the bathroom. And that's that one. Oh, gosh. I'd never have that. <laughs> I mean, really. They, like, they... are walking by my dog. And this is very rare. This is, this, I'm not harping on anyone. <laughs> but it actually just happened the other day. She, like, had her stuff in her hand. She goes, oh, but I didn't use the bathroom. Can I go real quick? And I was like, all right. I mean, she asked. And it was it was nice. But oh, sorry. It... I'm going No, any of my classroom <laughs> teachers would be like. You know, they they would not even come back to to say anything. They just show up later, and uh, you know, hey, I have kept the kids it is a little is. bit late. Sure, it's all it all comes out in the yeah, wash. It's it not a stress of mine, right? But yeah, there's little hallway things. I've done poison pattern in the hall, mm-hmm. um, orally. Yeah. I've done poison patterns silently with just hand signs or yeah. body signs. So um, those kind of things you could definitely make the end of your lesson. And another thing that I know has helped me in the past is when I've had an agenda on the smart board like I have a page that has the learning target and then I also have a page that has what we're going to be doing yeah for the kids and that helps there's a lot of kids that really like to see that here's what's going to happen third here's going what's going to happen fourth and that can be really helpful to especially some of my more anxious students right to know what's coming up so you have that up the whole time of your lesson, or are you just when they come in, or you go back and forth? How does that work? Well, when they come in, I have the learning target okay. up on the on the smart board, and we sing our opening song, and then we look at the learning target and review it, um, and then the success criteria in there, and then I have the agenda, and I just keep the agenda up there. Okay. Unless I use the smart board to say, like, uh, yeah, if you, you have know, to use it, then you just I will click away, but I just okay. like them to see it at least one time, and yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah, and I, I'll be honest that I am not great about always having that agenda up there. Mm-hmm. But when I do have that agenda up there, then I'm much more likely to do a solid closure. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. so that will definitely it's keep a reminder for you as well as the exactly. Kids. And that yeah. way, I can just yeah make sure I get to that last thing that we're doing. Yeah, and the last thing doesn't always have to be a assessment type thing like right. we were talking about the oh, ticket yeah. out the door. Right. It can just be also. Um, another thing that's nicer with older students that they really appreciate, especially this time of year, is that whole pair and share mm-hmm. and that classroom conversation piece yeah. is really helpful to them to really bring it all together. Yeah. And that is something that I've been making a more conscious effort to include. Right. Like, even when I have them do exploratory stuff, like I have a keyboard lab that I just put up. And I've had um, half the class on keyboards and half the class on the iPads working on GarageBand. And then they switch halfway through. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of class, instead of like, okay, we're just cruising and doing our stuff until the very last minute and now we're out the door. Yeah. I ha- have them pack up and we talk about, okay, what did you notice when you were on GarageBand? What was the most interesting thing as you were trying to mix your drum beats mm-hmm. with whatever? Or what did you like exploring most on the keyboards yeah so even that is really helpful can i ask you a logistical question about your think pair share do you have assigned partners for that assigned elbow partners or whatever you want to you know what i i kind of do i do have i have the elbow partner um and then i have um the crosstown buddy okay which is something i got from my mentor training which has just been a really cute thing where i have a seating chart yeah as many of us do and kids are basically sitting boy girl boy girl boy girl mm-hmm. and if i know that there are kids who are like really good friends and they're going to be really chatty i do set them not near each other well, yeah. right because we just got to do what we got to do right so when it's time for a crosstown buddy like okay now we're going to talk about this go to a crosstown buddy then they can get get up and go talk oh, to their okay. bestie but it's usually i start with when we're pairing and sharing an elbow partner. And at the beginning of the year, I do go around the room and I go, okay, look, here's your elbow partner okay, right there. Yeah. Who's yours? And then I have like maybe one group of three that have to be elbow partners. Sure. 
Well, and inevitably somebody's absent, so you have to teach them how to adjust. Right. Because I have the same thing. I have them sitting on those sit spots, those Velcro sit spots, uh-huh. and I um, alternated purple, green, purple, green, purple, green, and it's not boy, girl necessarily, but right. they just know that a purple and a green go together, but sometimes oh, there's great. three yeah. of them in a row, and they've got to figure it out, and they're pretty good about that, Right. especially if they do a lot of that in their classroom, which seems like every teacher does they in some do. form. So. Yeah, and something that, um, well, all the time, kids want to be able to discuss and have their voice and have their choices in class. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm really into giving a lot of choices. They need that ownership, but especially at the end of the year with the, especially older kids, the more that I let them guide what they're doing, the better it goes. Yeah. So I I tell you, I've tried it the other way where I'm like, okay, I don't care if it's the end of the year, we are going to get this, that, and the other done. Yeah. And my way or the highway, I I've been there. Yeah. That doesn't go so well. No, no. So I have to make sure that I am really conscientious conscientious about including more parent shares and more, okay, it's your choice how we get this done. And um, that really works a lot better. So I think we got off like the closure part, but having an agenda, having, even though it's the end of the year, really having a structure that the kids are familiar with. Yeah. Is so very helpful. And I do a very um, similar thing, but with younger kids, as far as structure goes, where I do have a a designated hello song. And um, I do this with uh, kinder first and second, but they're three different hello songs. Uh Um, And so then we always do the same hello song at the beginning of class. And then I usually call on students to do to some sort of a beat keeping motion. So then we pat hello to so-and-so and we sing their name there but then at the end of the lesson I always do flip it to sing goodbye mm-hmm. so that provides that closure for those kids especially those kids who don't do well with transitions in their day mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of those kids I seem to have a lot of those kids that that kind of gives them some time to process like oh we're singing goodbye so right. I know that <laughs> who are packing up and leaving and I know there's different schools of thought on this but you know that I've talked to other music teachers that are like oh I couldn't do that. That would drive me crazy. I need to have a different opener and a different closer each time. But, no. Um, no, that's great closure, I, I think, though. Yeah, because it's, if you're really what happened at the beginning and they get that that cue, that yeah. oral cue each time, that, okay, now I'm going to let go of being here and yeah. I'm going to a new spot. And I change it up throughout the year where, you know, have different kids, then they can be the leader of the song and they can choose the students that choose the motions. You know, you, you got to amp it up throughout the year so it's not the same thing all year so what's your current kindergarten um hello and goodbye song oh well my kindergarten one is one that um is very popular in the music garden curriculum Mm -hmm. which tanya and i both teach in our in our spare time um and so it's sing hello to everyone 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 sing hello to everyone sing hello and then we change it to you know clap hello to tanya if tanya gave it that idea so I usually have to call on four students each day and they know that every day I'm going to do four, <laughs> no more, no less. Yeah. So, you know, and I obviously vary who I call on for the motions. And then at the end, then I just choose the motions and we usually do sing goodbye to everyone, then clap goodbye to everyone and then wave goodbye to everyone. Cause that gives them just a couple minutes of that time of like, okay, we're wrapping up. I know I'm going to get ready to line up. Yeah. So it works well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Another thing that kind of has happened a few times accidentally, again, with the younger grade is kind of like almost a thematic closure. So for example, I had this whole kind of themed lesson with my kindergartners recently about gardening mm-hmm. and we sang the little seed song which is in the Amadon's I'm Growing Up yeah. book really yeah. sweet song about growing a garden and so we sang that as kind of after our hello song like our opening song to start and then oh I grew this beautiful garden and what kind of vegetables are in the garden and then all of a sudden in comes John the rabbit I think I might have talked about this in our springtime episode so sorry oh, okay. if some of this is a repeat but then in comes my little John the rabbit puppet and he eats up all the vegetables and then we sing oh john the rabbit yes ma'am and then we kind of go through a few other activities in the garden we're moving we're doing all this stuff but then at the end of the lesson you know what john the rabbit's now sleeping i think we can go back in the garden and we can replant our vegetables so Uh then we sang the little seed song to kind of close out the lesson as well so they got to hear it at the beginning then they got to hear it at the end and then it kind of turned into this lovely moment of oh my gosh we have to be very quiet because John the rabbit's sleeping and we don't want to 
wake them up so as we're lining up today make sure you don't make a noise and man my kindergartners have never lined up so quietly because yeah. there was total buy-in with this whole story and this whole theme yeah so that was really fun so finding those ways to kind of include some of those thematic things back into the end of the lesson right too. and I think thematic things are just so lovely especially in those younger grades yeah um because not only is it tying everything together but it keeps the kids in that land of make-believe and yeah. imagination and I think there's value to that I mean I know that story transitions get a bad rap oh sometimes sure. yeah because you can totally go you overboard can go with bananas them. with it of and course. it can be you know that you rely on them too much and you don't look for other ways to transition from song to song or right. from you know your mini lesson to mini lesson but I think it it can be such a wonderful, lovely thing. Oh, yeah. Um, and very smooth transition. And in kindergarten especially, oh, they yeah. don't have the musical knowledge to do these other sophisticated transitions. Right, right. No, and it was just plain fun. And it was adorable because the whole way down the hall, they were like, every person they saw, they were like, shh. John is sleeping. Like, <laughs> so like some random teacher would be walking around. She's like, who's John? I'm like, just go with it. Just go with it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you're right. John yeah. is sleeping. And when else are they going to get that in their, exactly. I mean, and more and more in their school day, it seems like they're not getting they're that, not getting that. In, in their classroom. Yeah. And it's not the, the teacher's fault. No. There's just so much. They don't have time either. <laughs> no, there's all this mandatory things that have got to happen academically. Yeah. So now let's talk about End of the year closure. How do you wrap up the whole year with a nice little bow? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's a nice little bow, right. but I am a fan of what I call with the children the free day. Yeah. But it's not really a free day. Right. Um, it's a day where we review the uh, songs and games and things that we have done during the year. And I kind of give them that head start by listing things on the board that, that were favorites mm -hmm. of theirs. Um, and I also let them give their suggestions, too. The problem is, if you just start with, okay, what have we done in the, in the music room that you would like to do for our free day? Then you're going to get all kinds of things, not even necessarily from that year like fourth right. grade like they're all gonna say oh um let's do snail snail right right and and that's okay yeah to to throw in one of those but they really do need that jog of their memory uh -huh. and that in itself just reviewing those handful of songs or games and activities is a review for them yeah. right so i like to pick like one song from each concept yeah. That we've done through the year and just have it ready to go for like right. every fourth grade walks in and they're going to say, okay, this is what I think was their favorite tea tikka song. Right. This is what I think was their favorite of, of this concept. And that kind of jogs their memory and it's, it's fun. They get to sing, they get to play. And I don't go deep into any kind of melodic or rhythmic practice of anything oh yeah no just play. unless it unless they break it up right if a kid says "Ooh, i want to do rhythm relay right we get lined up and you give us a rhythm and whoever writes it on the board is, is wins right then cool we'll do rhythm relay right. or king of the mountain or king or of the mountain favorite. Or yeah, of but it's, still it's, still yeah it's still a game it's still yeah it's still a game and if it yeah. comes from them and and they want to dive deep with some rhythmic practice then cool let's do that yeah so it's not, you know, fancy, and it doesn't really wrap up everything, of mm -hmm. course, but it's kind of this whole, like, back to the idea of music as play. Like, right. And that's what I want them to come away with. It's more important that they come away with, wow, I love that we did all these things, all these fun things in music, and I also have some musical knowledge. That's more important than, oh, gosh, I'm miserable, but I can read a melodic pattern sure. using do me so um so yeah I do very similar I mean I do those kind of I call them choice days but I actually do them throughout the year as an incentive so there's a sticker chart and if the kids earn five stickers you know which they don't necessarily do that quickly because I'm pretty stingy with stickers I'm, I really make them earn it but anyways I keep a running list and so every time we learn a new game I add it to the list and I have a smart board file that I just pull up then and then um, 
I use um, on Class Dojo, you can do a random student thing. So uh-huh. that's I, I'll just hit random, and it'll land on a student, and they get to pick the game. Oh. So they're familiar with this structure because they'll have done it usually maybe four, maybe five times throughout the year up until that point. Mm-hmm. But then I do the same thing where then the last day is a last game choice day. Um, again, it just gives them that opportunity to play some of those favorite games because I, for me, I don't do a lot of the same games from one year to the next. We have such a high turnover rate that um, I can't just pull out a game from third grade and fourth grade and just assume everyone knows how to play it because mm-hmm. I'll end up having at least a third probably new students every year from year to year. And so it, it's kind of like if I have to reteach a whole game anyways, I'd rather just do some new material. That doesn't mean I don't pull things back from year to year, but really uh, most things are kind of kept to one year. And so I'll tell the kids yeah, that, that, you know, we might not play these games again. So what are your favorites? And, yeah. you know, really make sure they know that. Um but yeah, it's just a really fun way to finish up the year. And what you mentioned about kids wanting to play games from the past. So um, in my previous school um, that I was there for such a long time that I had the kids all the way through, you know, kindergarten through fifth grade many mm-hmm. times over. So fifth graders, um, I, I called it a blast from the past day. Oh, that's great. So I would pull up the list of fifth grade games. They'd choose one of those. Then I'd pull up fourth grade and they'd choose one of those. And of course, you know, I didn't do the same games every single year in every grade. And you have so. on the list, like, everything. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Do you ever get mean, bogged down? Yeah. I, I mean, let I me mean, ask. I kind of like, if there's a game that just, I can tell is just really But do you ever have kids favorite. who, like, kind of take you off the rails because they're like, what's this one? I don't well, remember that. Well, yeah, I just, like, just pick one that sounds fun. <laughs> and, I mean, like I said, because I had such high turnover, really, by the time we got to some of those second grade games and first grade games, I wouldn't have, I mean, probably less than half of the students that I had had since kindergarten. And wow. so we did end up having to teach them. But you're teaching them a first grade game. So yeah, it didn't take too long. Exactly. But yeah, then we did get to play snail snail and, you know, just some of those things that they loved from and closet key is always a favorite. Yeah. You know, you know closet key is so one of those goofy. that I'm like, why is this such a hit? I don't know. You have those songs and games where you learn them at a workshop or something. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to try this. Cause it's really you know, because I like it and it fits really well, but I don't expect this to go anywhere. And then the kids love it. Yeah. And Closet Key is like the epitome of that. Yeah. It's crazy. I know. Um, another thing I've done towards the end of the year, not necessarily the very last day, because I really truly do the game choice day the last day. But if I have a class that maybe has one extra lesson before that last day, uh-huh. um, I, I enjoy doing stations in my classroom. I do them all the time, but, you know, fairly often. And so towards the end of the class uh, school year, I enjoy doing a stations day where each station highlights, like, one concept that they've learned. Oh, yeah. So, for example, if it was, you know, second grade, I would have one station that they're focusing on, half note, another station they'd focus on, um, Ray is probably melodically, you know, where I've gotten to. So, you know, it varies. There's some melodic things. There's some rhythmic things. There might be some random things. But then it's kind of like this nice little wrap-up of all the concepts they've learned. Oh, that's awesome But through different stations. Yeah. Yeah. That's worked well, too. That would be a great idea. I want to take that. Like, look at all these amazing things you've learned this year. Actually, I'm lying. I can't take that because I'm going to be, like, right... Well, the very last day yeah. is going to be a free day, uh-huh. but I'm telling you, I, I'm doing these composition things with third grade, fourth grade, and my third, what, no, fourth, fifth, sixth, yeah. third grade student concert, um, and with those grades, I'm kind of like, wow, I don't know if we're going to get oh, to where too. we need to get to. I'm I am like, there for sure this year. I am there. And I'm, some years other than others, I do better, you know, yeah. but like I said, it might not necessarily be with all the classes. So mm-hmm. like if I have a grade level with three classes and there's one class, that's just going to have an extra class because, yeah. you know, field days and field trips and all that stuff kind of messes up the rotation schedule this time of year. Oh yes. So, you know, if I have a class that I'm going to see one or even two extra class periods, that's when I kind of throw in those stations. Yeah. And I, can I don't 
necessarily want to give them all of these extra practice opportunities that the other classes didn't get. Not like it's really going to make that big of a difference at this point, but I'll just save those for next year. Right. I'm just going to be thrilled if I can do the very last day as a free day and not be finishing up. Oh, I know. Our I'm there too. I'm, I'm a little bit of a mad scramble with some of my kids too, <sighs> yeah, especially with like recorder testing and stuff. And I'm like, you know, maybe not that many of you are going to get to your black belt in recorder karate and that's okay. And, you know, yeah. kind of trying to put their mind at ease about it too, because yeah. it gets stressful. It does. And but that's just... okay. But that's why it is so important to have that closure and mm-hmm. have that, even though maybe it felt like a bit of a mad scramble, but to finish up with that, that choice day or something yeah. fun like that, it's really nice. Yeah. I also mentioned in our um, episode about outdoor games recently about um, doing a parachute day on the last day of school. That would be so much fun. Yeah, and that's something that I did, again, in my last district, because the last day was a half day, which Mm -hmm. actually it is in our current district now, too, an early release day where we don't see the kids all day. So we just have little, you know, what, half-hour specials or Mm -hmm. whatever all day, if you have them at all. But I did at my last school, and it was so fun just to take them outside and just do a half hour of singing and parachute. And did you do this with all the grades? I did. And parachute? Yeah. I okay. So everything. tell me your favorite or their favorite um, sixth grade parachute favorite Oh, thing. well, I mentioned this in the last episode as well, but the popcorn game. That's like okay. by far their favorite. Well, and I didn't have sixth grade in my last district. So fifth grade, and actually, generally on that half day, I didn't have fifth grade either because they would have continuation and they didn't have to come to school the next day. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking fifth grade and it's even sixth grade would honestly buy into the popcorn game, okay. which is not musical whatsoever, other than you could play some recorded music. So you get some sort of soft, you know, balls. So I would get like the, the swimming pool balls, the ones that squish and fill with water, uh-huh. throw them on the parachute, and then you just have them shake the parachute. How long fast does that go? Can. It can go for a while, surprisingly, because they get down to like the last couple and they just can't get them off the parachute. So they almost have, then they have to like kind of do a teamwork thing. Okay. Because if they're all frantically shaking, they kind of get stuck in the middle. You'd be surprised. It can do last Do you a shake long time. too or do you step aside? Oh, not for that game. I was going to say. I don't want to be in on that. Oh one. my gosh, no, because your arms get tired. I know, yeah. And, which is also hilarious. I have not done this, what you're okay. talking about, but. I do have now a bunch of, like, um, white snowballs. Oh, that would be perfect. Because one of our teachers had a indoor yard sale. Oh. Because she's, she's... Is she retiring? She's No, she's not retiring. She's kind of taking a, a hiatus. But oh, okay. So she had this... It was very cute, this indoor yard sale. That's and, um And actually, like, the hottest items went really quickly. Oh, and I, I was bet. like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, but she had these, like, snowballs. Oh, how fun. And they're like these white, velvety, um, they're really nice. Yeah. But I, I thought, I'm going to use these somehow, but that would be perfect popcorn. for that. Yeah, and you can In play recorded room. music. There's that cheesy little popcorn song. Yeah. Um, yeah. We should link to that. You should tell me what that is. We should. And, side note, there is a, a boomwhacker play-along of the popcorn song. Oh, okay. And I know we're not, you and I are both kind of, <laughs> I'm not always big on boomwhackers, but for like, um... I don't know, for something that's like kind of a last minute, just fun thing for the kids. Uh-huh. And there are these cute little videos. There's a whole series of them on YouTube. I use them in like a summer camp okay. like type with your daughter and my son. Who that's were in our right. summer camp that's last right. year. We did a little music camp and we did the boomwhackers. And, you know, you're, I'm not going to see the kids for like very long. So just these fun little experiences. So that has nothing to do with our topic. But there is a cute little YouTube play along to the popcorn song okay. that we can link to. So as well. younger kids' favorite pop, uh, parachute thing? Uh, well, they. <laughs> I love popcorn as well. I mean, just taking any song that has any sort of directional thing with it. Mm-hmm. So, Ring Around the Rosie. You know, we yeah. would walk and sing Ring Around the Rosie. You know the song. But then when it gets the part, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. We, you know, drop the parachute quickly to make the mushroom or whatever you call it. Oh, the and mountain, then they sit underneath or, um, Say that again? They, do they pull it and sit? You could do it either way. So, I think I would have them just start off by just putting them on the ground I think that's called the mountain, technically, oh. in, in official PE parachute land <laughs> For the parachute know-how. Because I have a book, and you know what? I can't remember the exact name of it, but is I'll it link to it. Is it that parachute scar? It, it the might Artie- be. It's, no, it's not the Arnie Alameda one, but okay. I've heard that one's really good. I don't know that one. Um, I mean, no, I know the title. It's, but... it's a very old school parachute book. 
um, that came with a CD. And I thought, oh, okay. And I don't necessarily use the CD or musically what they talk about, but it does have the vocabulary. Okay. So I think it's called the mountain. when The they parachute, put the parachute lingo. Yeah, the okay. lingo. When they put the parachute down to the ground, but they're outside of the parachute. And I tell them, like, use your knees to help put the parachute down. Uh-huh. But if they put it down quickly, it will balloon up in the middle. So how big can we build the mountain? It's kind of the goal of that. So I do that with Ring Around the Rosie. And then um, Pop Goes the Weasel would be another good one. And Mm -hmm. then that one, I think, is the one that I had them go inside of it and sit. And that makes the mushroom. That's what that one's called, the mushroom, because it's more of Because it's rounded on the More rounded around the outside. Right. So just things like that are really fun. Yeah. Again, I mean, depending on who your PE teacher is, I mean, I feel like... I remember growing up and parachute was like a big deal in PE mm-hmm. and I feel like it maybe has gone by the wayside a Do little bit. Do you know that my two front teeth are uneven because of the parachute? Because of the parachute? Well, yeah, it's oh. not that noticeable. So yeah, no, if I'm you ever meet me in person, it. you can just stare at my two front teeth. <laughs> um, one's longer than the other because I ran into Tim Weitzman's forehead. Oh, uh, running into the parachute. Oh, yeah. It was one of those PE games where they call to, they give you a number or something, and they call two different numbers, and you have to run under the parachute and get to the other side, and PE teacher always would say, don't close your eyes. Don't close your eyes. Oh, well, yeah. And I closed my eyes. Oh, man. And Tim Weitzman's forehead, and this is the funny thing, I saw him at my high school reunion, uh, years ago, has no memory of it. Oh, none at all. But there was blood, lots oh. of blood. Oh and my gosh! We went to the dentist like that day. Oh wow! And so, like the root of one of my teeth, of my one of my front tooth, like dead. Oh right. So it was done growing, uh-huh. and it wasn't a big deal except for the other one wasn't. So that's why <laughs> it's not really noticeable. But <laughs> good to know, Tanya. I've got these I didn't know this about you. Parachute. Um, phobia oh wow no I use it and I don't but just right. not extensively and I never have kids run underneath I don't it. I was about to say I don't do any of the games where they run underneath no that's, that's asking for everything trouble. out of me yeah but then we've also talked many times about snail snail is mm-hmm. a great parachute game yes. so you have one child sit in the middle and the children slowly walk around and the parachutes winding around that inside oh, student yes. Um, and when you get to about, what, shoulder level, right? You know, uh-huh. go past their shoulders. And I always have the middle kid put their arms in the air. Oh, right. We've discussed this before on this podcast. I think so. Yeah. Sorry, repeat This is the minute. podcast where we only talk about snails. We only love snails. <laughs> but then the students pull back on the parachute and the student inside spins around. And if then they're really lightweight, then they just pop off the ground and spin around. Oh, that's true. It's a little frightening. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. had a parachute rip from snail snail. <laughs> I had to buy a second parachute after that. I've had sixth graders play snails. Yeah. Well, actually, I've had college students play snails. Right. No, I think it was a, it was not a, a very well-made parachute, that particular one. But I actually have three parachutes. Nice. Yeah, I have um, <laughs> two at home right now and oh. one at school. I, I can't explain. It just okay. yeah, it the, happens. It happens. And the one at school is quite ripped. Yeah. And that's the one that we've been using because I keep forgetting to bring the other parachute oh, in. Right. There's going to be construction over the summer, so I'm like, why bother now? We'll just use the ripped parachute. Right. right. That makes sense. <laughs> You're a parachute quarter. Exactly. And now it is time for our work smarter, not harder teacher tip. So, what have you got for us, Carrie? All right. Well, I have a tech tip again. Yay, a tech tip. Well, and it's so much of this was just trial and error with me getting a set of iPads in my room this year. I have 24, 25 iPads. Wow, I have nine. Yeah, I'm very fortunate. And I do share them with the art teachers. They're not mine, mine, but they're pretty much mine. So, one of the challenges I was having with the iPads is keeping them all charged because I don't have chargers for all of them. Okay. So, I kind of set up um, a little area by my desk and it's a little cart that um, has, I think I have nine chargers officially there. So, I was trying to figure out, well, how can I kind of rotate the iPads through? And the thing was, they, they weren't numbered because they were just all hand-me-down iPads from we used to be one-on-one iPads in our school, and they did away with that to do Chromebooks instead. And so the iPads weren't necessarily numbered. So I asked 
the technology librarian person, I said, hey, is it okay if I just go to town with these with a silver Sharpie and number them? Mm -hmm. And he said, sure, because he didn't see them going anywhere anytime soon. Um, as far as like back into the classrooms or anything, he, he thinks that they'll be well, ours. Well, you know, I have put, I mean, cause we have ours numbered, yeah. but we just put a piece of red duct tape on the oh. back and then wrote on that. Oh. So, you know, it hasn't yeah. no, deal. I just went to town with a silver Sharpie cause they're well. all in black, those otter box cases. Right. So anyways, I numbered every iPad. Um, I numbered on the top of the iPad and the bottom of the iPad on the both sides of the case, too, uh -huh. as well. So the case has the number on it, blah, blah, blah. So anyways, and then I have these three green boxes that I got from Ikea. And each one fits eight or nine iPads um, vertically, up and down. Is, are they meant for iPads? Um, no, but I just saw them and thought, hey, these are cute boxes. And there are these bright green boxes. Oh, we'll have to link to I'll that. have to link to these boxes. Um, I, I have to say, they're a little bit flimsy, so I don't know how long they'll hold up. And it is a bit heavy to carry eight of these iPads or nine in one of these boxes across the room, but it's doable. So then on the outside of these boxes, I just wrote in Sharpie numbers one through eight, go in here, next box is nine through 16, and then the last one is 17 through, oh, somebody just bought something on Tanya's teacher pay teacher store. <laughs> Whoa, she that never happens. Okay, I'll turn that down, sorry. <laughs> That's right. Anyways, um, so I have these three boxes and the iPads are in there by number. So then back to the whole point of charging them, um, we're on a three-day rotation schedule. So we have a day one, we have a day two, day three. So the way I remember which box I charge each day is by what day it is. Oh. So on day one, I charge box one at the end of the day and let them oh. charge overnight. And on day two, I charge box two How efficient overnight. are you? That's awesome. And it has, it has worked because then I know for sure that they're all going to get charged oh gosh, every third great. day. I know. I'd just be constantly, where are you at? What? Where's this iPad at? I know. Exactly. I was like, oh, wait, this one's 80%. I thought, is there some way before I numbered them, like to have the kids sort them like, all right, any of the iPads that are... 75%. Right. And I was like, oh, gosh, no, what am I thinking? That's nuts. And so once I numbered them, I thought, well, there you go. I'll just use my three-day rotation system to my advantage. Awesome. And I don't have to deal with dead iPads. Yeah. Now it's time for our CODA section, where we each uh, give a recommendation of something we're enjoying these days. Yeah. So what you got, Tanya? Okay. Um, I'm not going to do anything classroom music related. All right. Just music music related. Okay. Um, because, you know, I just want to promote good stuff. And um, I love this band, Sylvanesso. And I wanted to just highly recommend them to anyone who needs something new and different to listen to. And Say the name again. They're called Sylvan S-O. How do you spell that? Uh, S-Y-L-V-A-N, the first word, and then S-O is E-S-S-O. Oh. I think they're, from what I, my, my understanding is that they took it from like some video game. Oh, okay. Anyway, so it's a duo. Okay. And to me, I think that they are like the perfect combination of low-tech and high-tech. Cool. So um, Amelia Meath is the singer, and she uh, used to be with a band, like a very folksy band called Mountain Man. Mm -hmm. And it was these three women singing in these really tight, lovely harmonies and kind of folksy, too. Yeah. I saw them open for the Decemberists years ago. Okay. Well, anyway, so after Mountain Man, she formed this duo um, with this other musician, and his name is Nick, and I can't remember his last name, but anyway, uh, you can look it up. And so there's just the two of them, and he does all of these electronic sounds and noises, but her voice is very, is very earthy, very, anyway, so it's this combination of low-tech, high-tech. They had a big, well, relatively big hit with a song called Coffee in the Indie World. Okay. Anyway, so I've seen them in concert. I saw them last September, and they're just fantastic live, awesome. and they have two albums out, and their latest album came out this time last year. And to me, it's like the quintessential, like, spring, almost summer music. Yeah. So I've been listening and revisiting um, that album, which awesome. is, is fantastic. So that's my recommendation of Sylvan Esso. They're just really catchy, really 
just joyful music. Just check them out. I mean, you know, these days you don't have to spend a dime to go hear any music. So right. That's my fun thing that I just, I'm still listening to them a lot, a lot, a lot. And a little side note, I'm very, very sad because they are coming to Red Rocks, which is really big for them because they've been playing a lot of smaller venues. Yeah. And they're coming on my birthday. Oh, but are you teaching levels? Yeah. Oh. I'm not going. And it's killing me. Oh. And I so want to go. But it's, that is, when we were talking about the self-care. Yes. Me leaving, you know, in the afternoon and going to Red Rocks, which would be like a solid two-hour drive. Oh, yeah. From where I'm teaching. And being at a concert until probably like 1130 midnight. And, and then, then driving back. back to Fort Collins. To teach levels to courses. To teach. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's not going to end up pretty for no. me. Oh, what a bummer. I know. I'm but sorry. So anyway, they are playing July 18th. Okay. Red Rocks, woohoo. Yeah. If you're in the area and, you know, you could go. I could. Anybody could go. Oh, I can't go. I live very close to Red Rocks now. I keep reconsidering all the time. I'm like, maybe I could just, I can make it work. There's, you know, caffeine happens, and but no, it's I just such a, such a big thing teaching those levels. Well, courses. and it's I not mean, like I don't know, I don't do it. But well, it sounds know, like it's. A big I'm thing. not going to get it like a day to catch up, like even a day <laughs> right. later. Right. So I mean, once once levels start, and we'll mention this much more later as we talk about summer PD and yeah. and levels training and um, anyone who has taken any. Kodai or or for any you know professional development during the summer it can be a little intense it's very intense it's intense for the teacher it's too. intense for intense for <laughs> everyone involved and um I just know me and I know my migraine yeah. um propensity and right that's probably not going to work for me but anyway Sylvanesso great okay. band go check them out if you're looking for some different music yeah I definitely am so I'm gonna listen to that yeah awesome well, mine is also not related to the classroom, just general stuff. Because we're trying to get used to this whole idea of summer's coming. Uh, yeah. And, and we can, like, do stuff. Let's enjoy some outside well, of the classroom stuff. Mine's about watching TV, which isn't really TV? a great summer thing. I love TV. I know. Well, <laughs> I don't watch a lot of TV, but somebody, people have been telling me, have you seen the show Rise? Have you seen Rise? Have oh. you seen Rise, Tanya? No, I don't okay, know. Okay, so what is this? I'm not. I'm not gonna say I'm 100 sold yet. I'm. I'm two episodes in. Okay. And so Rise is. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what network it's on. It's on one of the big networks. Oh, okay. so I've been streaming. It's a it. network sto- it's show. It's a network show, and it's kind of you know along the same line as Glee, and you know. Oh no! High I did hear musical. about this. Okay, yeah. So you know they're I putting did. on a show on a, on a podcast. They I heard them review it. Yeah. And, I mean, it, there are some really lovely things in it. The girl who does Moana's voice from the movie, Moana, mm-hmm. um, is in this show. Okay. And she's really good. And there's a lot of really great young talent. And then, you know, there's a teacher who is really trying to pull it together and be inspirational and yes. do a show. So, I mean, the show is good. And I'm enjoying the show. But it's kind of a double coda for me today. Because... What it led to was, in the show, they're doing the musical Spring Awakening. And I've always heard of wow. Spring Awakening. Oh, my gosh. Have you not seen Spring Awakening? But I've Awakening? never really seen it. Oh, I've never really incredible. heard of the music. The music is fantastic. And so now I'm completely addicted to Spring Awakening. Oh, Like, yeah. I listen to the song of Purple Summer, like, five times a day. I, I can't get Spring enough. Awakening. So it's it's been kind of like my gateway drug <laughs> rise into Spring Awakening. And now I'm super obsessed. And, um... Just listening to the soundtrack, reading the story, just learning about, um, I mean, the whole cast. You the have got Broadway to see cast. it when it comes back. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, Leah Michelle. I mean, like another little coincidence thing. Leah Michelle, who was in From Glee. Glee, yeah. That's, that was and her. Jonathan Groff. Yeah, when she was 14 years old. I didn't old, realize that they did that Spring together. Awakening. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been, like, obsessed about reading the backstory of Spring Awakening. and like. Oh, have you, like, watched the videos? Oh, I've watched things on YouTube, which yes. I know you're not really supposed to, but Whatever. I do because they're, I haven't watched, like, the full show. There are videos And then they there, did but... it, like, I, I, they were doing a reawakening, the Spring Awakening, where they were doing it in American Sign Language. Yes, I saw that, too. <laughs> so it's like this whole new world. I'm like, where was I when all of this was happening? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's, having it's babies the or something. like twice. Yes. And yeah. I've heard of it, and I know people have said it's a great show. But um, So Rise is good, and I do enjoy Rise. But even more so, I'm really loving Spring Awakening. And I know music. this is old news to probably most of you. But if you are like me and living in the dark and weren't aware of Spring Awakening... 
listen to the soundtrack. You know, there's a <laughs> lot of musicals that are worth revisiting. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just really enjoying it. So there you go. There you go. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Our show notes can be found at Teaching Music, Tanya's Kodai Aspiring Blog. And you can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to get all the links to the show notes. Just look for us at Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be talking about our highs and lows from the entire school year, and it'll be our year in review from the classroom. Yeah, and looking ahead to the summer, we're going to be doing something a little different for our summer episodes. We thought we would do a little summer book club reading club, and we'd like for you to join us. We are going to be reading the book World Music Pedagogy, Volume 2, which is for elementary music education specifically. And it was written by J. Christopher Roberts and Amy C. Beagle. And we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So if you'd like to join us in the book study of this excellent book, um, please go ahead and order it when you're ready and uh, start reading. And we'll let you know what chapters, what sections we're going to read. And you can chat along with us, hopefully. Yeah, we're very excited about that. Yeah, just something a little different for the summer. So until next time, this is Carrie. And this is Tanya, wishing you happy musicking.